it's it's a pleasure to welcome everybody um, to to this first webinar of 2021 uh, of the Human Capital and Education Centre at Britcham, debunking the stereotypes about studying abroad. Um, I'm particularly delighted to to welcome the panelists, uh, Professor. Uh, as mentioned, his daughter, um, Orin, uh, Aska at UE, uh, Widi, who's uh, um, studying through uh, Leeds. Um, uh, delighted to, to have you with me. And um, when we talk about debunking stereotypes, I think really what we're talking about are those, those motivations and fears that people have about considering, uh, first of all, education abroad, um, and most importantly, our focus education in the UK. Um, Prof, I, I, I'd like to begin just with a little bit of conversation and, and just ask you at the moment, what, what does your linguistics department do at the Ministry of Education and Culture? What's, what, what is your remit? What, is your, what, what are your goals, Pat? Pat? All right, thanks, Pat Chris, and also thanks everyone. Uh, <clears throat> I'm very delighted to be part of this webinar. Uh, and well, uh, as mentioned earlier by Asti, that I was the uh, education and cultural attaché in the in the uh, uh, embassy of the Indonesia Republic of Indonesia in London for four years, and I just returned last year uh, at the middle of July. And at the moment, I. Uh, am uh, the head of the language center of the Ministry of Education and Culture in Jakarta. And there are three uh, missions that my office uh, has at the moment. One is for the development of language, uh, uh, of Indo Indonesian language, how we develop and how we teach this. And the second is the uh, conservation of the uh, local languages. Uh, across the uh, in, across Indonesia, uh, <clears throat> probably you have heard that Indonesia has about uh, seven hundred eighteen uh, local languages, and uh, is to internationalize Indonesian language. So that's why my office is uh, working hard now to teach Indonesian language. Uh, across the globe, and uh, UK is uh, uh, one of the focus uh, for our teaching of Indonesian language. Correctly. Um, we, most of our audience today are undergraduate students. The undergraduate mm -hmm. students um, uh, with their study in within Indonesia, universities in Indonesia, um, welcome to them. Um, so presumably their focus in particular um, is relating to doing a master's degree in the UK. Mm. Um, I, I, I think, first of all, I, I'd like to bring in Aska, um, uh, our clinical psychologist uh, at UE. And I'd like to bring in Aska for a couple of reasons. First of all, um, from among our panelists, you're the only one that has not uh, studied outside Indonesia. You haven't had the international experience. Um, and um, uh, a lot of your interest is um, about the, uh, the, the concerns that um, people might have uh, in, in going overseas and also what those benefits might be. Um, Aska, from, from your 
your own perspective and conversations that you've had, what are those main concerns? Um, can, can you just summarize them for us? Okay. Actually, there are some. Uh, first of all, thank you for everyone for having me here and talking about what Chris asked me. Actually, the concern is mostly about how they manage to adapt, how they're being independent in uh, overseas academically, and how they can explore well. Actually, it's become a problem, not only for the kids, but also the parents, because the parents don't know how to prepare themselves to let go of their child, of course. And of course, it, de it depends on the place also. It's so far away, especially within this pandemic, we don't know when you're gonna come and see your kids, right? And also this become a big uh, difference between how Western parents sees overseas studying and how uh, Asian parents see overseas studies because in Westerns, we see emerging adults within 18 to 25 years old. But in Asian, is 18 to 30. Why? Because the kids don't have the time to explore themselves. In Indonesia or in Asian in general, they only have time exploring after they get their undergraduates. And of course, there's also a lot of burden. You have to have this kind of work. You have to have this kind of job, this kind of salary, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But actually, if you propose them or actually promote them to, okay, go overseas, go to seek your independency, they get times, a lot of times, to explore themselves, to have, to know their challenge, how to know themselves, like literally independently, their identity, and also culturally. They can differentiate, oh, I have this kind of culture, oh, but I'm in UK, I, how I integrate my culture here and how I can manage to find friends, maybe like different kind of communities or find news community to be feel acceptable or feel this is my place. I've, I still feel belong even though this is, my, this is not my country. So there's actually a lot of beneficial stuff and not only about the age uh, range for being an adult, but also like the beneficial in culturally, you can see all, oh, uh, I'm more open to see different kind of culture. You can also have like different kind of degree. It's also uh, beneficial in Indonesia, you have a good amount of degree like, and also I've read, I've read in journal that uh, because outseas or overseas, there's a lot of very specific uh, major. In Indonesia, there's a lot of general major. So you have more competence when you go back in Indonesia and a lot of people see you as a, a very good candidate for their uh, job. Okay, Thank, thanks very much. So it sounds like you're suggesting that in this instance, hmm. the um, the misperceptions or the fears are actually the fears of the parents on behalf of their mm. uh, sons or daughters. Yeah. Okay, um, I, I'd like to bring in Widdy. Widdy, uh, you um, <clears throat> you studied um, uh, Brighton and now Leeds. Um, 
if you can recall when making the decision to study in the UK, um, what sorts of concerns did your parents have um, about your ability to cope with being 8,000 miles away and not having them around you um, cope with the integration, cope with the need for independence, cope with having to look after yourself, which perhaps you hadn't done so much of until then. Absolutely. Um, thank you, everyone. And thank you, Chris, for um, the question. And Aska, that was, that was brilliant. That just sort of explained my past seven years. So yeah, I was in um, Bryson studying my undergrad for three years um, in biomedical sciences. And then I moved to Leeds um, afterwards. And yeah, so I guess, I guess my parents' concern mainly was independence and really just being able to take care of myself because you're right, um, I was very privileged not to take care of myself in the sense of cooking and cleaning and um, doing all the chores that I really needed to do now um, until I actually managed to move to the UK. So. Um, yeah, I think mainly it was independence. It was um, uh, taking care of myself and just safety in general, because, you know, being by myself, homesick, being alone, the first time I'm being away from my parents for, um, and it would be really, really far away. Um, and yeah, I think that those were my parents' concern. And um, in terms of how I managed to somehow convince them, I personally do not know. Um, it took a while, if I'm being honest, to convince them that it was, it was worth it for me to move all the way across the world. Um, but I think in terms of trust and having all these research that I've been doing prior to moving um, and making sure that here, these are the reasons why and here are the pros and cons. And, and eventually, thankfully, they did. And I'm really glad that um they did so thanks thanks Willie. we'll come back to those pros and cons um but i'm i'm really concerned are, are you actually saying that brighton didn't provide you with a helper and a maid to to do your washing and your ironing and your tidying <laughs> i really wish they did <laughs> i really <laughs> wish they did <laughs> i really did not um funny enough i didn't actually know how to cook completely even rice when I moved to um, the UK and my friend who is Japanese had to teach me everything in the first year while also studying and adapting. So um, that was a challenge. Um, but thankfully what, what I now a, know what, how to do all of that. <laughs> what a great experience. 365 day, it'll fit out somebody to look after you. Um, okay. Um, Orin, I think your, um, your, your background is probably somewhat different. Your, your father clearly, um, his work has taken him overseas and, and perhaps within your family, the concerns um, of, of the challenges relating to living overseas um, are not quite the same. Um, or, or are they? Uh, did your parents have concerns about you going overseas and being able to integrate properly um, in life in in York, which is York is in the north of England, for those who don't know, um, a couple of hundred miles away from London, a very, very different environment to the one that tourists may, may experience. Orin. 
Yeah, um, first of all, thank you for the opportunity to share my experience in this webinar. Regarding my parents' concerns, um, I think it's more to do with my concerns rather than my parents. Like they were, I think the way that they show, showed their support, like me going to York, uh, like they were quite confident that I would manage, I would cope to, uh, I would cope with the environment there. But my concern, maybe it was uh, adapting to a new environment which may be different to London because it's not just the the city that's different but also uni life <laughs> I think uh, it's, it's quite a big change from A levels to uh, university although I have experienced living abroad but I think living at, living at university uh, sorry I mean living uh, in York would be a different experience so yeah but the thing is I I am still in Indonesia so I I haven't really experienced you know living in York and the struggles of living independently at the same time, so I'm just gonna take over from here, guys. Um, I'm Cheney, I'm representing the Human Capital and Education Center, and um, I'm just gonna continue the, the conversation here. Um, so it's quite interesting to hear uh, the story from, from Orin and, and also from Widi, and um, we, we received a lot of questions actually from, from, from our participants uh, wondering what kind of uh, preparation that they need to, to do in order to you know prep themselves um, to be able to go abroad and and also uh, you know um, doing the the uni stuff um, uh, especially um, I think I'm just gonna um, uh, direct the question first to to Widi because um, you know um, you 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 did your your undergrad um, uh, degree first uh, in in Brighton I just wondering um, how did you prep yourself um, to do uh, to do your your undergrad Widi and then we can just continue to to Orin then. Thank you. Um, so in terms of prepping myself, I've, I'm being honest, I wish I did prep more. Um, I didn't get the chance to. I did submit my UCAS quite late and I decided quite late in terms of deciding actually going to the UK. So I did wish I had um, more preparation. But if I was to advise my um, previous self, I think in terms of doing a lot and enough research, um, not too much that it's going to overwhelm myself in terms of then going and, you know, realizing that there's so much to do, but also um, research about just living and where the place, because I did live in the, in the UK accommodation. I didn't realize the, um, where the area was. Um, I think these are the things that I guess now is so much easier. You can just go on Google Maps and go on Google um, street view and see how it looks, how the place look, how where you live um, looks like. And I think that's really, really important before um, moving just to kind of get your headspace in, into um, the place that you're going to live in for the next three years, which is quite a long time um, as well. Um, and just um, if you were not also, um, you know, 
already skilled in all of these chores. Uh, I think those sorts of the things that would be very, very helpful in terms of just cooking, um, you know, and putting all the support that you might not realize that you might need in the future, um, mentors and um, yeah, so now something that I wanted to mention was something to do with mentors. Um, I think it's really important to have a mentor early on, um, even when you're an undergrad, just to sort of um, ease yourself into it and connect to societies before you move here. So you have a sense of home. And um, yeah, I think if anything more for me, I think um, preparation is creating all the support that you might need in the future. You might not need in um, the present, but um, it might come in handy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Thank you so much for, for your answer, Widi. And how about you, um, Aurin? Yeah, um, one point that I just wanted to echo from Kat Widi is to do a lot of research before you go study abroad. Because I remember when I was looking for uni to go to, what my teachers told me was to look at the the degrees that you are interested in and then look at the cur curriculum whether it suits you and you know your interest your needs and if you have a career path that you want to pursue then whether it matches the path whether it will lead you to that path i think it's also important and you know i think it will give you a bigger picture of the uh, teaching would be like the content mm -hmm. and I think other than that other than you know doing this the, that research I think it's very important to have um, principle like in your life I think in Indonesia we we have we are in our comfort zone, right? And then we know that uh, the perception maybe is quite homogeneous, like uh, this is right, this is wrong, and, you know, one, one kind of perception. But when you go abroad, you will find, you will encounter many different perspectives about some issues that maybe you don't find quite familiar with. And I think it's important for you to take a stance and just uh, knowing what you believe and um, knowing your self-boundaries, mm -hmm. whether this is the things you should do or you shouldn't do, whether it's the things that will be maybe beneficial for you or not. I think, I think we have to have those uh, in mind. Yes, thank you so much, uh, Orin. Um, I think we can agree that uh, first thing first, before uh, um, every student that would like to start their study, uh, their their further further study in the UK, first thing first is to do your to do your homework, do your research, know about the university, the major, and then also not only that, but also about the you know uh, the career um, um, uh, demand when you get back to Indonesia, and also um, from from Orin, um, we can also you know have a principal uh, principal. Um, um, for for ourselves before we going abroad, um, thousand miles away from from home and from your family, and um, so we've heard um, the the preparation that um, been prepared by by the students. But how about the parents? Um, here we have a question for um, maybe I can direct this this question for for Aska. 
um, first and then we can go to Pa, pa Amin. So um, we have a question from uh, Ibu Firma Sofia. So basically, what is the focus that must be prepared by parents actually um, for each level of child's schools um, and also in order to prepare the, the, the child to study abroad at, at university level? Uh, I should answer it first. Okay. Yeah. So actually what we need to prepare for the parents is actually the parents itself knowing that there's a time difference. So they have a lagging communication and knows that the kids have their own life. <laughs> That's a huge thing to learn about because sometimes parents, because they're so anxious, not only the kids, the kids is also anxious, but the parents is very anxious because it's called leaving the nest. When the kids is leaving the nest, it's not on the kids, but the parents is anxious. What's my kids is going to do? How are they going to prepare themselves? Like we just said, like, I don't even know how to cook per se. It's like, it's something that's a new skill. And the parents like, are you seriously going to live alone? That's uh, parents need to at least, if they need a reassurance, okay, you don't know how to cook. You don't know how to clean your bed. At least you can do a simulation for one month before you go to go abroad because that's a very survival necessary for you to be able to live alone it's necessary for at least not only to give the basic skill for the kids but also giving the reassurance for the parents okay so this person can be independent even though there's going to be so much different kind of hurdles or different kind of obstacle and boundaries over there but at least the kids knows and not only that, the parents also need to actually learn that this independency, not only within like the basic skill, but also the independency for the kids to have their new friends that the parents don't know about. Also, uh, it's going to be, like I said, lagging of communication and maybe learning the faculty, knowing that actually what's what's my kids learning about in the faculty oh maybe it's a psychology or it's about medicine or it's about behavioral things mm -hmm. the kids is also need to communicate at least giving a restaurant for a week or at least a month with their consent with, with each other how they're comfortable to talk to each other is necessary so they do know each other condition not only for how they manage to adapt but also also the condition of medical condition how they adapt how with their friends with and also when the parents can communicate easily even though there's different kind of time zone it also gives the reassurance for the kids that oh i have some place to talk when they don't have the com new community there or also it's also helped them with the homesick itself. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Mbak uh, uh, Aska. And how about Prof Amin? Do you have something different uh, in order to prep um, Orin or your, your daughters or your sons to be able to study abroad, Prof Amin? Uh, yeah, sorry, I was thrown uh, when, when Chris asked me about the uh, the uh, earlier questions, so I just uh, had to get back uh, and using my mobile phone now. Uh, well, actually, 
I have different uh, experience uh, when having to decide whether uh, I will allow, I will allow uh, my daughter to study uh, in York uh, because uh, when I was the education and culture attaché for four years, Orin was uh, with us uh, every day, right? And uh, Orin is uh, my our youngest uh, daughter. And uh, it was hard to decide uh, finally, but there were uh, at least three reasons why I uh, uh, decided that Orin uh, should go to uh, take uh, her degree in York. Uh, one is actually for personal reason. Why I mean by, uh, 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 by saying this is very personal because when Orin was uh, graduated from a level, she could not continue her study in Indonesia just because it was very late for her to take part in the uh, admission test to the university. Uh, in the UK, the announcement of the uh, results was made uh, only August, while the process of uh, was it admission to the university in Indonesia began in April. So uh, she could not uh, go directly to Indonesia uh, to uh, apply for the, uh, uh, the test. So uh, she had to wait. Uh, secondly, uh, after uh, getting the uh, uh, result and then I tried to contact some uh, friends in Indonesia, whether it was still possible for her to continue. Uh, the only option was uh, to do the degree in private universities or in uh, international uh, class. And then I compared the uh, tuition, which was very uh, similar to which when uh, if Orin was sent to uh, York. Uh, so uh, that's our personal uh, reason. Secondly, we have also uh, another reason that is academic reason. As you may have uh, understood this better that uh, the quality of education in the UK mm. is among the uh, top in the world. So uh, when Orin was accepted in uh, a Russell Group University, uh, like York, then we did not have any doubt that uh, she would get uh, uh, the privilege to experience the uh, education in uh, one of the best universities in, uh, in the world. So uh, we decided, okay, we uh, uh, then we are very happy to support her to uh, continue her study. And the third reason is to do with the uh, global network opportunity uh, after she graduated uh, later on. So having these reasons in mind, then we try to convince ourselves that uh, Orin uh, would be able to adapt, would be able to adjust and would be able to cope with uh, uh, all the methods, all the problems, all the opportunities that she might have uh, during uh, her stay in York. 
And uh, we try also to convince her uh, that this is a very good opportunity for her to continue her study. Uh, and uh, we, we uh, then discuss this uh, uh, in the family. So like uh, Asga has mentioned earlier that as parents, we have to convince ourselves that uh, our uh, daughter or uh, son can live independently, safely, because we have to, we have to be very confident about this. Yes. Otherwise, we will be in, uh, uh, in doubt every time. Mm -hmm. So uh, we will be worried about our, uh, the situations of our uh, uh, children uh, overseas mm -hmm. uh, with the time difference. We do not know uh, uh, who becomes the, their uh, friends. Uh, we do not know because it's far away from our home. But by trying to convince ourselves that they will be very safe, they will have good friends, they will be monitored by the universities, they will have uh, good uh, uh, facilities in the universities. So for us, uh, that's the, the factors that uh, make ourselves confident about this. So we just let her uh, go uh, anytime she wants. Mm -hmm. But because of the pandemic at the moment, so we are lucky we still have her uh, with us at the moment, <laughs> at least until the end of, uh, of next term, uh, as uh, suggested by the university. So that's how we uh, try to convince ourselves uh, before we decided that uh, our uh, daughter uh, can uh, uh, study overseas. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, uh, Prof. Amin. Um, you mentioned um, some interesting points uh, there. Um, for example, one of the reasons that you 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 uh, acknowledge that the UK universities they offer very excellent teaching uh, method that it's completely different with with Indonesian education system, and also about the super. Yeah, system although it does not mean that Indonesian education yeah. is bad. It's mm -hmm. not like that. But mm -hmm. uh, we we can uh, admit that uh, the. Uh, the quality of education in the UK is a lot better. Yeah, mm -hmm. thank you so much. And then the the second one is about the support system um, um, for for students or or, or the, the the children there in the UK. And I understand. I also understand that uh, Orin also taking part in um, Persatuan Pelajar Indonesia in York, um, whom I believe that that's one of the support system that, that can be used for for students um, in the UK. Yeah, sure. There are yeah. your family, and apart from mm. the the PPI York, um, there are a lot of you know Indonesian communities there in the UK. Mm. And um, mm. um, for that, maybe Orin can share a bit, um, you know, uh, uh, your your role um, with PPI York and how you guys, um, you know, support in other Indonesian students uh, in the UK. Uh, my role in PPI York is in the programming. So I make things like webinars as well as, you know, other programs as well. But not many programs will be done this year due to the pandemic. And what, what made me really content about living in York, although I still haven't, you know, uh, started living there, but 
having their support, I think even before I joined Pepe York, they already showed not only me, but other students as well that I know um, started their university this year. They, they ask us, they ask us, oh, what do you need? Do you need anything? Uh, do you know where you're going to live? Which accommodation? Do you need any help? Etc. Etc. Et mm-hmm. And by being involved in Pepe, mm-hmm. I think, furthermore, it helped me realize that I shouldn't be worried if I live abroad and, you know, not being with my family mm-hmm. because 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 there are still other people who also who are also in the same situation as us mm-hmm. and yeah we just we just uh, support each other mm-hmm. we uh we we did some games <laughs> online games and mm-hmm. i think that was that was quite 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 important in building the you know relationships mm-hmm. with other people during these hard times so, yeah, they they've been great support system to me. Okay, thank you so much, Orin. Because um, we also heard that um, we've done a survey before Richmond Human Capital and Education Centre done a survey, and we asked uh, some students um, about um, about their study plan, and they actually a lot of them are interested to to study abroad, uh, study to the UK. But um, the worry is about you know because my parents say that. I don't have any family there. I don't think that I'll be able to, you know, make friends. But knowing that you have, you you gotta have this PPE and other Indonesian communities there. This something not to worry about, right? And um, okay, I can continue. To yeah, the... PPE become your new family, actually. Yes, Pak Amin. Okay, and um, and I actually have a question for for Pak Amin from uh, David Knowles here. So um, he said, Professor, of course, for Indonesian University sending student overseas there's an attraction of international image but as a representative here from the ministry how much are indonesian universities really interested in sending students overseas for study well uh this very uh interesting question uh as far as i uh, have uh, experience yeah as the education and culture attache for four years in in London, the interest from uh, Indonesian universities to uh, send students overseas, especially to the UK, was very high because uh, this was encouraged by the policy as well, uh, the policy from the Ministry of Education and Culture uh, to have exchange programs, for example. And this can become a kind of uh, prestige from for the universities in Indonesia if they have good connections, good collaborations with universities overseas, especially with the universities uh, that are very active and that uh, have good reputations in research, in teaching, and also in uh, uh, other other uh, <clears throat> programs that can benefit the universities. So uh, especially under the uh, new program from the Ministry of Education, what we call as uh, Campus Merdeka or Merdeka Belajar, those are the independent uh, campuses. Uh, all campuses are encouraged to have this kind of 
uh, collaborations with uh, uh, universities overseas. And uh, they will be uh, given the funding to uh, have these kind of collaborations when this is operative. Okay, Chen, thanks for maintaining the flow there. Um, I, I'm back. I've been told to keep my video off. Um, I, I presume that's, um, that, that's to help with the, the bandwidth. Um, I, I'd like to move, if I may, to the financial considerations. Um, and I, I'd like to ask uh, 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 Um Obviously, there is a perception that um, the pound sterling is, is traditionally quite a strong currency mm. um, and that the UK is quite um, an expensive place. To, to what extent was the decision of your parents to support you um, revolving around finance? Um, thank you, Chris. Um, in terms of finance, I'm, I'm sure it was a it was quite a, you know, quite a, a lot of a lot to it took them a while to decide, I'm sure, because yes, it is um, not cheap. Yes, it is um, quite expensive to live and also study in the UK. Um, in terms of finance, my option apart from this was to um, do my degree in an international university um, to do medicine, um, which sort of turned out to be similar in terms of, as Professor um, said, in terms of tuition, it would have ended up quite similar. And it would be something that I was not um, really passionate in um, as well. So I think, I think in terms of financial, it was, um, it was, I was just really privileged and really um, thankful that they had let me. But um, it turns out as well that you, there are so many options in the UK um, that actually do provide quality. Um, service in terms of you know housing we can get quite cheap housing here um, sharing with several people with really really good quality um, and also in terms of food there are so many options I think so I think in terms of financial um, the UK provides a big range of um, uh, how to say this um, basic prices in terms of things without actually um, compromising the quality of what you get, um, which is something that I was really happy about when I moved here. Yeah, so I, I think it's fair to say for people that have not experienced life in the UK, worth pointing out that um, not dissimilar to Indonesia, um, uh, Jakarta is, is the more expensive place in Indonesia to, to live. But even within Jakarta, you have choices as to what levels of, uh, of places that you that you eat, where you live and how you move around. And the same applies in the UK. And certainly uh, it is fair to say that the further out of the south of England, um, uh, the cost of living does reduce uh, quite significantly, um, with the exception of perhaps being in the capital city of, of Scotland. Um, of, of course, with the UK, when we're talking about masters, we're talking only a one-year program, as opposed to um, many other countries where it's a two-year program. Um, uh, Oren, do you think that this was a, a significant consideration for uh, for your father and, and your family? Yeah, I, absolutely. Yes, I think. 
especially my father, I think he really encourages me to study further uh, to a master degree. And I think having only one year of study, I think that's also a benefit <laughs> because not, not many countries, I think, do, do it for that short. And, but also I think it depends on your course that you're studying, whether you have to have a more in-depth teaching in that field or one year would be enough. Uh, but it's definitely, yeah, a consideration to, to study a master degree uh, in the UK. Okay, that's um, that's great. Um, some interesting questions coming in. There's a follow-up question from um, David Knowles. Uh, for those that don't know David, David uh, for many years was the uh, chairman of the British Chamber um, Human Resource Focus Group um, and is still very much involved in um, counselling and consulting on uh, education matters, including English language. Um, he has a question for you, actually, uh, or best put to you, I think, Aska. Um, and, and that is, do, do Indonesian universities have any form of uh, survey or questionnaire um, that students thinking of going overseas could complete that might test their suitability to actually be 8,000 miles away from the family and home? Uh, that's actually a very interesting question because actually I don't ever heard about it, that knowing there's any uh, survey or assessment or anything, questionnaire or interview regarding, do you eligible to go to overseas? But uh, as far as I know, because I also have many friends that go abroad, that goes overseas and uh, in Universitas Indonesia, there's also an international class, and the international class in my faculty is the their terms is like two years in Indonesia and two years in Australia. Before they went to Australia, they also they asked for all the uh, parents of the kids to come and talk to them how they're going to prepare the kids, what they need to prepare, what are the odds, how it will cost and everything. But as far as I know, I have never heard about it. Uh, but actually that's gonna be a really good thing because I know some of my friends that also have difficulties when they come to, uh, I don't know, like UK or uh, Europe when they went to, go overseas, they have trouble to adapt there. But so uh, there's also, I think, need to have some kind of preparation before to go there and actually to assess if that uh, person eligible or not, because uh, it needs a lot of openness to be able to uh, study abroad to study overseas because when you don't feel open and you don't think that you want to explore it's kind of hard to find a new friend it's kind of hard for you to adapt there but actually it's not about how you assess is this person eligible or not but it's better to see are they their motivation to go to a, to go abroad is correct 
<laughs> because the motivation is one of the important things because I've heard a lot of people that says, I just want to go abroad. I don't know where I'm going to study as long as I'm, I don't know, stay in Australia, in the US, in, in UK, as long I live abroad. And it's going to be exciting, which is not. A lot of my friends struggle, <laughs> which is not. They're, they're struggling a lot because they don't know how much struggle, how much hurdle they're going to face. So it's need to be assessing what their motivation and how willing they went through and yeah, the hurdle and everything when they got there. Because it's, need, it's also need preparation. Or else I've heard a lot of tears. <laughs> Even my friend said, I, I, I'm crying while I'm in a shower and everything. All right. Okay. So, so ask you, in, in answer to David's question, actually the, there isn't such a preparation questionnaire or a, or a suitability or an eligibility questionnaire. Um, I, I'd just like to park this as a thought. Perhaps it might be an idea for you, Ui, Britcham involved David too. Could we collaborate and put something together? Oh, yeah, um, sure, sure. Yeah, that, that might represent some comfort to parents to know that their, um, that their sons and daughters have the right sort of mindset to be able to, to, to take this leap of faith for the right reasons. Yeah. Okay, mm. great. Um, uh, uh, Prof, I, I mentioned earlier about finance, and of course, for a family, it's not about spending money, is it? It's not. It's not like buying a, no. a handbag or a car. This is an investment in the future. Mm -hmm. um, yes. So, to what? Yes, correct. To, to what? Yeah. To to what extent, Pat, from your experience, from um, all your interactions in the UK with your role there, um, and as a father, to what extent would you say that the value proposition of a British education? Um, actually does justify that sentiment of a good investment with a real return. Yeah, uh, as the, in my role as the education and culture attaché uh, for four years, I have uh, got the chance to talk to parents, right? Uh, because uh, this is a kind of, of habits of Indonesian parents to visit their uh, kids uh, while they are in, in the UK. So uh, anytime they uh, pop into uh, the uh, Indonesian embassy, they, so I had the chance to talk to them. Uh, many of them always mention that they understand that uh, education is never cheap and uh, investing in uh, good quality of education is, uh, is very right in the sense that compared to the cost that they have to, to pay at the moment uh, with the uh, future of their kids, uh, uh, putting the, the investment is, is uh, better. So what I mean by that is that parents are prepared to spend a lot of money, yeah, because this is for their future investment, yeah because they also realize that in, uh, uh, education uh, is, never, is never cheap. So uh, that's from parents who uh, support their education, uh, of the education, education of their uh, uh, 
children uh, privately. But uh, as you may have heard that uh, for master's and PhD degrees, most of the students studying in the UK are supported by scholarships. So most of them. So they do not experience problems in uh, having the, uh, the funding uh, because they are funded by the scholarship agency, either from the ministries, either from the, like LPDP, from uh, uh, UK government, and also from the universities. Uh, so in my, in my perspective as a parent now, uh, yeah, compared to, to the uh, amount that we spent, uh, I think uh, the future of our children is far more important. That's what I, what I have in mind. And, and just a very quick answer to this question. You, you know that this um, uh, Human Capital and Education Centre of Britcham is set up to provide uh, a holistic approach to the decisions relating to um, education decisions, mm -hmm. Pat, um, uh, with um, uh, going deeply into our network of international corporates, domestic mm -hmm. uh, corporates mm -hmm. with an international outlook, um, being able to consider the importance of internships, less formal work experience, uh, mentoring, mm. and so on, e even down to hopefully um, being able to have a role to play in that first interview for that first job back in Indonesia. Um, would you say that Britcham has got it right in taking this type of approach? Okay, the, the question is, do you think that the Britcham approach is the right approach to helping make the, this very important decision, integrating our stakeholder network, international corporates, domestic corporates, universities, yes. internships, yeah. and so on? Yeah, I think this is a very uh, brilliant approach uh, because, because uh, in in the education system in Indonesia at the moment, working uh, with uh, corporate, with companies, uh, is a kind of, of com uh, not compulsory, but it's highly recommended for three semesters. So you can imagine that uh, if uh, students can engage themselves in the internship programs uh, with, uh, with uh, the companies that will be highly appreciated. So I think uh, Bridgem has taken very brilliant steps uh, in incorporating the, uh, uh, was it, uh, the universities and the uh, corporates as the partners in uh, having the uh, uh, programs. Thank, thank you very much um, for, for that endorsement, um, Professor. Um, I, I would just like, we're, we're coming to a timeout. I know there are questions unanswered and we do apologize to those, to those people who have, um, have posed questions. Um, we will try, Chenny and team will try to give you personal answers and engage the panelists in those answers uh, where possible. Um, from, from my side, I'd, I'd just like to thank 
um, uh, thank the panelists for joining us to really share their experiences, their their thoughts, their concerns, um, in, in uh, as as a, a career professional and as a father. Professor Amin, thank you very much. Yeah, uh, Orin, thank you. As, as, as a student, and I do want to ask Orin, at some stage, did you choose your own major or was, was your father very, very influential in what you went to study? Um, to to Widi and very best wishes with your PhD in, in medicine, of course, an area, uh, a profession and an area in Indonesia that remains reluctant in the context of uh, internationalization and acceptance of stand overseas standards. Um, and to uh, Aska, and I think we have got some, some work in progress and uh, an action point, which I think would be, would be great for Jenny and the Britcham team to take on with you and Ui. I think that could be a really, really worthwhile collaboration in terms of some sort of preparation research and, and something that we can do to assist. Um, I, I'd just like to leave um, uh, all our participants uh, with Chenny, who's just got a, a quick slide to bring you up to date with um, e exactly what the resource is at the Britcham Human Capital and Education Centre. And I would just like to encourage everybody, uh, don't don't be silent about your thoughts, your concerns, your aspirations. Just come and talk to us. Uh, we have a wealth of experience and a very, very deep stakeholder network to be able to support whatever thinking process you and, and parents need to take um, from me. Uh, and I, I apologize that you can't see my face um, <laughs> from, me, from me. Thank you very much. And I, I hand you to Jenny for a wrap. Thank you so much, Patrice. So I'm just gonna be quick, uh, guys. Um, but just want wanted to say thank you so much for staying uh, till the end of this webinar. I really hope you find this um, session uh, really useful for your study and career uh, plan. Um, so yeah, as uh, Chris has mentioned uh, previously, we're here to help uh, any Indonesian students who are looking to continue their study in the UK. So we help you um, start from the beginning, from the university selection up until uh, career advice because employability or job seeking support is something that really stands out from us because um, as you can see uh, in the beginning, Asti showed uh, like some logos from uh, British universities and they are our university partners that carefully selected based on first the top majors and also the graduates employability rank, meaning that uh, more than 90, 90 up until 95% of their graduates um, land their job, uh, land their job or, you know, continue their further study only within three up to six months. So um, if any of you today have any questions about who are this university? What are the top majors? Is there any scholarships available for international international students like me? Or simply, you know, you just want to discuss about your, your study plan or your career plan with us, just drop us an email. You can contact me um, um, via email at educationcenter.bridgem.or.id and you can also give us a follow on our social media our team been very active to share a lot of you know university tips um, admissions deadline and so on so anyway, uh, that's all from 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 us from Bridgem human capital and education center we have um, upcoming event uh, next week so if any of you guys interested to join please just join us um, the webinar is free of charge 
and it's for 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 member or non-member of Pritchem, you can you can join us and um once again thank you so much for all panelists and also uh part participants who've been joining us um today um really hope you um staying um well and uh, keeping healthy and thank you so much everyone